0: Let's hey guys it's gina with sidewalk talk this is taylor wednesday what up guys okay so you're from the bay area i am what was it like growing up there
1: um it was interesting <laughs> um <laughs> when you say interesting <laughs> what does that even mean um uh, you know so my brother as you, most of you guys know is Zach jane Knowles. i think you know the, the bay area is definitely very tech based uh obviously because right. silicon valley and yeah. so um i think for people who are creatives there's definitely you have your, your squad and your crew, but you definitely have to seek it out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely consider LA more of my home. Um, I started coming back and forth here when I was like 15 or 16. My mm-hmm. dad actually was working in LA, still works in LA. Yeah. Um, so I definitely consider LA more my home. My, my peoples are here. And so I have oh, a lot okay. more friends here. Were you always into music? Always, yeah. I started doing musical theater uh, well, I was singing in the church choir starting when I was like five or six, mm-hmm. and then kind of went into musical theater from there. So always, always was interested in in music and the performing arts in general.
0: So your dad is an event av- event planner. Yeah. Uh, what does your mom do?
1: My mom works for a school. She, yeah, she actually works for the elementary school that my brother and I both went to. Oh. Shout out she Belmont teach? Oaks Academy. <laughs> what does she teach? Um. So she actually um, does the academic advising. So she's actually part of like the more the oh, staff. Okay. Yeah. So the curriculum you? coordinator. Oh, there we go.
0: Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. Where do you think you got your creative side from?
1: Definitely my dad. Definitely okay. my dad. My dad was my dad is so musical and very theatrical and funny and so yeah, definitely on. Is his that side. why you
0: wanted to get into theater? Yeah,
1: yeah. My dad did a little bit of acting for a minute. He did theater growing up as well. So he was the one like my best memories of like getting introduced to new music was like driving to school with my dad. My dad introduced me like Tupac, Dr. Dre rock and roll, everything, pop, <laughs> Prince, J- Michael Jackson. Yeah, so my greatest memories are like driving to school with my dad and Aww. like he'd be playing like a Tupac song and he would like play like 15 seconds of it, stop it, break it down for me. Cause he's always like, you can't <laughs> you rap pre- it if you oh, don't know what you're like talking he would, about. He would
0: rap to it. Yeah.
1: Oh my God, <laughs> So seems <laughs> so cool. Yeah, he's the best, he's the best, so
0: um, yeah. What does he, what do your parents think about Electronic music in general. They
1: love it. My parents are really? my parents are so supportive of, of what my brother and I do They've my dad has been to almost every one of my shows. My mom has been to a couple of my shows It's hard because my dad's in LA so um, he, He's able to get my dad's been to spacey Eye. like he's been to sound he's been to Avalon like he loves it <laughs> Yeah, and my dad even when I first started DJing when I was doing open format a lot of times My dad would like come to me to, come with me to gigs. I was, I was young so yeah, they're super supportive. They love it. Um, they've always wanted my brother and I just to be happy and and successful. So whatever they can do to help, it's it's been great. We're very lucky.
0: Wow, yeah. that's usually not the case for a lot of. I know, um, and
1: especially like Asian parents. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think you know we're we're very lucky. My mom obviously is, you know, She works for school. She's always like, you know, we, we had to do well in school. And we had to, to earn it, and and you know, but at the same time. You know they were always like whatever they could do to help like facilitate what we want to do if we wanted piano lessons or you know we wanted to go to icon um, it was yeah it was just okay from high school you went to icon so actually from high school I went to Cal State Northridge so I graduated okay. from Cal State Northridge um, yeah and then basically like my grad school I guess I went to icon College. Oh, my brother okay. actually went to icon first yeah he did. Um, and that was because my brother was into producing first and I was actually a working open-format DJ for a long time um, so I really didn't get the production bug per se until I was like maybe 21 so a couple years uh, ago Okay, yeah um, I, I just saw what my brother was doing with music and how he was able to get his ideas down because I always be playing at clubs or shows and I'd be like oh I wish I had like this edit or I wish this song sounded like this and so when he went to icon I was like ah okay this is this is how we <laughs> do this so yeah
0: and then your parents You so you moved from the Bay Area when
1: you were 16 Mm -hmm. with your parents. So basically, I was living like back and forth. My dad was working in LA, um, so my dad was actually throwing events at the Playboy Mansion. Yes, I know that's a big question. Yeah, that
0: that's always a question that has been coming up for the fan questions. Yes. (laughs) So like, um, (laughs) yeah, Playboy
1: Mansion. Yes. You know. uh, First of all, what was that like? Um. It was cool, you know. I consider that era of, if you break down the way like LA nightlife worked, there was eras of it, right? So the early 2000s was definitely the golden era for nightclubs out. when like you had like the Paris Hilton's and the Lindsay Lohan's, like that was when like yeah, the yeah, bottle yeah. service culture was really big. At the same time, Playboy, that was when Girls Next Door started, right? So Hugh Hefner had the three girlfriends, one of which, Bridget Markhart's a really good friend of mine. Um, so that was kind of the era of like that, that, I don't know, people were just like partying. And so my dad was throwing events there. And when I wanted to DJ, he was like, look, I know some of the best DJs in town, I know. And so that was kind of how I got started. I got to work with some amazing DJs and then open, I feel like they're roadies. You say, how
0: old were you when you played for Playboy Mansion? Okay, 14 or
1: 15? Yeah. It's a family home, let's clarify. Hold on, it's still, people forget, like this was still a house, right? You have to lived there. I and it, that's always the excuse we would use when people would be like, wait, where well, are going? I'm like, it's a family home. It's yeah, a family 14, party. Yeah, we' 14,
0: 15 years yeah. old to the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, Because I knew you were the youngest, but I didn't yeah. really know how old you yeah. are. So when your dad was like,
1: yeah, so uh, do you want to play at the Playboy? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one say? of those things where it was like, why not hire my kid, right? Like he's <laughs> what? What, what a better supportive situation than like, you that know, but obviously I had to earn it. I wasn't just up there like, what does this do? You know, for a couple years I was like, one of the DJs, actually she was a female, her name was Jill. She was DJing so I was like Herodi, right? I would like carry all her stuff and I'd sit there and I'd watch, she'd practice with me. And then I'd open for her and then pretty soon I was playing with her and then got my own gigs. Tell me
0: about Icon Collective, what was your favorite class there?
1: Ooh, um... I mean, I you absolutely love I I do. I am the biggest fan for Icon Collective. Um, I loved all the Ableton classes. I love, actually, I don't actually work on logic too much anymore, but logic. I had an incredible teacher named Valente, who was my logic teacher. Um, and also just a mentorship program. One of my mentors, Brendan Long, B-Sides, is still one of my best friends today. So, yeah, I think it was really, for me, you know, I, I went into Icon like I hadn't even opened a, a DAW ever, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I knew my way around like turntables or CDJs, but the opening the project, I think I knew how to like save. So those classes were really fascinating to me because it was like from the very beginning how to right, right. lay out your ideas in MIDI or, you know, and I play piano and so it was like, okay, cool, how do we translate this to an electronic format?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you started with being a
1: classical pianist yeah. as well as a- Singer, oh right, yeah, a classical singer. My classical pianist was a stretch. <laughs> I can, I can <laughs> play pianist. slowly. I can, yeah. I can read pianist music, but- and
0: uh, Classical yeah, singer
1: singing singer. was was definitely my emphasis. So I actually thought I was gonna be a singer for a very yeah. long time.
0: And then you had a singer. Yeah,
1: so I got notes. Yeah, um, notes, basically, yeah. which for people who don't know, that basically just means you have like bumps on your vocal cords, so it makes your voice really raspy. Mm-hmm. So my voice would like, I'd be good for like 15 minutes, and then it would cut out. So, oh no! So um, basically, I had to go on basically almost a year of vocal rest, and in that time, that was really what I honed in on djing. Cause rather than sit there and go crazy and be like, how do I express myself? It was, okay, cool. There's another one DJing, you don't have to talk that much. So yeah. uh, you can, I do now, but it, you know, it was a way for me to, to get my ideas out there. And then obviously that became a career for me. And it wasn't like, oh, well, I can't be a singer. I can't do this. It was like, cool. Now I'm making money and I'm working and meeting a ton of cool creatives in the process. Because you've been in the game for
0: a while now, mm-hmm. like before you are even What, it's been over a decade? Yeah,
1: literally. Literally.
0: Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Well, you've been in the music industry for quite some time. Yeah. What do you feel like, like how has it progressed? Especially for humans, or humans. (laughs) Humans.
1: Uh, Oh yes, for (laughs) all humans. Human standpoint.
0: I mean, female standpoint. Um, you know, because that's a touchy subject. It is,
1: and like. you know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but coming up in my career, I, I was very fortunate. Like some of my first DJ mentors were women, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, coming up in the open format scene in LA, I was completely surrounded by men. You know, my managers, yeah, my yeah. open format managers, the club managers, my peers, and so. For me, I never, but the thing was, it was never like, oh, you're a girl and we're, we're guys. It was yeah, just like, yeah. are you good? And if you're good, then you'll be able to open for us or we'll play with you. And so I was very fortunate in that sense of like, I didn't really see gender. I just saw like, hey, like, can I do it or can I not do it? Um she was a branch. <laughs> um, and same thing, you know, I worked very closely with my brother and, and my brother's peers. And, and so I. that question's weird because for me, I never saw like, That I was like put down because of my gender. It was really like if I didn't get a gig or I didn't get something, it was just because I wasn't good enough. Right. And I take that and I tell people that anyway, it doesn't matter if you're like a girl, a guy, an alien, a giraffe, whatever. It's like if you can do it, let that speak your your work ethic speak for itself.
0: Right. Do you do you know any female producers that is struggling with it? I mean I Do you think it helps to have
1: your brother pretty like in the industry? I think it helps to have family in the industry, right? I think You know, and my brother and I have a company together. We live together. And that's really just because siblings, like, you can be brutally honest and no one's leaving, right? um, You know, and I think it was really funny. I was reading my girlfriend Sippy in in Australia. She tweeted the other day, you never hear someone say, this is my my favorite male producer, right? You always hear female. And so I think maybe that mentality has to slightly change. Um, But, you, you know, again, at the same time, it's like, I think it's just... If, it's, if the music is good and your shows are good and you have the skills and you work hard and you don't give anyone a reason to doubt you, then I really don't see a struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. No, you're
0: right, and that, you're and
1: right. that's my opinion and you know, yes. Do I think that there could be more females added to lineups? Absolutely. Um, but again, if a female doesn't check a box and like you just happen to be not as good as the person who got the slot, then maybe there's a reason. And that's just more, it's more, for me, I put that on myself, like, hey, like, why did this person get that slot? Okay, I need to put this out or do this or practice well. Yeah.
0: So what, what tips do you
1: have as far as getting there just practice? I mean, look, I... Or networking? I think, all, you or? know, for me, like, I still, like, anytime... I, I, I think you, you should practice how you want to perform. And that even came from, like, theater days, you know? They always say, like, when you would go into rehearsals, like, rather than wearing sweats and, like, not having your hair done, like, just practice the way you want to perform. So, when I go into the studio and, you know, if I have a set that's 1 to 3 a.m., I go in and practice 1 to 3 a.m. I have my lights set up, I do it in the dark. You know, I I do everything so that if I get into that situation, I'm ready for any possible outcome. Right. I know, I'm trying to think what else. No, those are. Yeah. that's a
0: really good point. Just because being a female producer, I keep seeing so yeah. many negative, negative perspectives about it. So, yeah. it's nice to see a perspective where it's like, yeah, you know it's not that bad. <laughs> you know, I
1: think I think definitely something that's like an uphill battle is you know if I collab with a guy, then yes, there is sometimes the assumption of like, oh, are you dating or do you like him or do you oh, have a crush yeah, on yeah, him yeah. and you know, so I think there's a little bit of a stigma there, mm-hmm. but again, transparency. Like I know that I'm not doing that. The other person knows they're not doing that, and that's all you can be. And 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 the opinions of other people are going to be their opinions. And I think for me, it's like you have to learn how to turn that off at some point because. Again, the music speaks for itself. The product speaks for itself. Your performance speaks for itself. You know, right. yeah, you know, and yeah. It's it's just learning how to how to turn that down because at the end of the day, that's it's not gonna go anywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, all you can do is just keep getting better and not giving re- people a reason to to doubt you. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> By the um, way, this coffee is. She showed me the best Vietnamese coffee.
0: Yep. It's so
1: good. Just want them to sponsor me. That's my. I want to swim
0: in it. (laughs) No, I feel like they should sponsor me because this is the meetup that I do for everybody.
1: They need to. This is insane. I I want to live in.
0: here. (laughs) this is my home now. (laughs) Forty ounce
1: Mm -hmm. Colt.
0: First of all, how did you come up with that name?
1: So it was your brothers and his and Hami. Yeah, yeah, our best friend, both of us actually. So, uh, Hami was professional skateboarder. Tanner was skate has been skateboarding his whole life. I just hang out with skateboarders. So, (laughs) Um, but basically, forty ounce Colt. It's ironic because it kind of happened at the time where I was DJing in nightclubs. And so 40 ounce is the opposite of bottled service culture. Yeah. Um, and especially coming from, you know, we, we make a sound that's slightly on the underground. It's not the most mainstream. And mm-hmm. we wanted 40 ounce to be kind of this all inclusive, relatable, accessible thing. And, and that's what it is. It's just like crack a 40 with your friends. Like anyone can go into a liquor store and get the $2.40, right? We oh, don't have to, we don't have like to be that. fancy. I like that.
0: Did yeah. you, was it always a record label
1: and so streetwear? So, we actually were a, a merch company first. Yeah. Well, we actually started in jewelry. Um, and then it expanded to, to soft good merchandise. And then the thing was, we had so many producer friends who were, who were on board and repping the merch. And we saw that there was a lack of outlet for some of our friends who wanted to maybe make music that was like a little bit avant-garde, right? Ah. So for, for me, for example, like, mostly has I'm known as a house artist right but maybe I want to make a rhythm track I could put it out on 40 ounce because it's still an outlet under Wednesday oh. but maybe not some with a label I'd normally produce with right? right so we wanted that outlet for our friends initially and then now it's grown to we're picking I'm I actually am the label manager for 40 ounce so now it's it's finding new talent and building that cult we do a lot of 40, 40 ounce cult takeovers across the U.S. we actually just did one in Hawaii um oh which was amazing. Oh my (laughs)
0: Um, God, how, was that your first time?
1: Yeah, Well, so my brother and I, we went to Maui as our family when we were like, I was nine, he was six. So like, Uh I don't really remember. Um, But yeah, so the thing is like by sourcing new talent, we work really closely with Space Yacht. Those are two of my best friends, I love them so much. And so, it's so amazing to like find new talent, release them on the label, and then to see them play shows.
0: How do you find uh, the
1: new talent? Um, Sometimes it's just me scouring the internet, like, or people will send me, yeah, SoundCloud. Spotify. Tinder um, for
0: producers. That was Tinder it. for producers. That's what
1: Bentley calls it, I think. That's amazing. <laughs> Look, Eric the other day uh, sent me a kid who, his tune was getting rinsed at Lost Lands, and he was like, yo, this is an up-and-coming guy. Think he'd be a great fit the label? Boom, we signed his track. So, it, it's from all over. We have friends referring us. Um, yeah, it's just, or, you know, we'll hear someone be a feature on another tune and you know, so it's, it, it really depends, what we'll do open calls. Like I always tell people my GMs are always open I for people that. who want to send us music or they want our opinion on tunes or tracks. Like my brother and I are very much open books and that's how we got started. We wouldn't be anywhere without the help of the people who came before us and, and we just want to impart that as well. It's the cult, join the cult. <laughs> Come
0: on baby, let's go. What's the future for Wednesday? Like where do you
1: see yourself with the next couple of years. That's a good one. Um, you know, I obviously continue to, to put out music that speaks to me and speaks to the people who've been following me. Um, I've really, in the past year, I think, found my sound, um, starting with like Heartbreak House. Um, I put out other tunes before Heartbreak House, but that was really what like, dialed me into a certain sound. Heartbreak House, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was uh, inspired by your
1: breakup. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, I just, I was like, I need to write about something I'm good at. <laughs> ah, yes. Being sad, no. Um, And so. Well, it's super relatable. It is. And it, you know, I think, especially from a female perspective, I'm just like, are we gonna die across the street? Um, And so, yeah, it's really just honing in on on my sound and then continuing to travel. I'd love to go overseas more. Um, And my, like, long, long, long term goal is I wanna be in Vegas. I just want a Vegas residency. Just trying to, like, do that. That would be amazing. Where? Where in Vegas? I mean, the thing is, there's so many new clubs all the time, but I think even mm-hmm. when I was doing open format, that was always kind of the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I like consistency and, and I love like large groups of people. I think Vegas is so cool because you get so many different walks of life. Right. Um, and that was really like when I was starting with DJing. Like, I would just go to these clubs and just stand there and watch these DJs. Like, wow, it's so crazy. You know what I mean? There, I've only been there once. Oh, and girl. And it was
0: for Vegas, EDC Vegas.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: And that was. Insane.
1: Yeah. A D C like, Vegas is a magical place. That was place. my
0: first music festival ever. Oh my gosh. I know. Oh, Way
1: to set the bar. Just I,
0: I know. So like every ruined single ruined from now on. Yeah.
1: I know. Every single other music festival is
0: just okay. <laughs> Trash.
1: No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm
0: just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. No. We love all festivals.
0: Um, but yeah. Last questions before we jump into fan questions. Yeah. What do you want to be remembered for?
1: Um, I would like to be remembered as someone who makes music that lasts beyond just like a certain moment. Like, you know, there's, it's amazing when people put out like a festival bangers or whatever, but um, you know, the music I listen to like when I'm in my car is, you know, like rock from like the nineties. And so I think writing a song that can transcend ages and, and touch people now and in five years and in 10 years and, or a song that people can come back to. I know like if I ever am going through something, I have my like short list of music that I go to. And so if my music can be that for someone, that would be, that's it. I
0: love that answer. Yeah. Okay, we're going to jump into fan questions. Okay.
1: Perfect. You guys, vlogging is hard. Like, I have the utmost respect for these ladies. Oh, my God. My arm is, my, my arm is shaking. Her arm is shaking, you guys. We're a, it's a We need to do some arm exercises. We out here. Are we walking? Yes. Oh, we're walking. Okay, this
0: is fan questions with Wednesday. Okay, let's go. First question. Okay. Favorite country and why?
1: Favorite country. Australia, specifically Sydney. Um, I got to go there for a summer for a music program in high school, and I fell in love with it. The people. You got to go to
0: places. Australia for high
1: school? No, no, I did a summer music oh. program there. I actually sang in the Sydney Opera House. That super Wait, random. What? Yeah, I know, so random. But yeah, I think it that was the first time I'd ever been like really overseas. So that country has a special place in my heart and a lot of my best friends even now are from there. So, yeah. Favorite food. Favorite f- sushi, hands down. Sushi. What yeah. kind of sushi? Oh, I mean, I love uni. I love sake, which is salmon, hey, uni's I the... Uh, sea urchin. Oh, uh, girl, come on. We get deep.
0: I've never had sea What? Urchin. <laughs> I got to take
1: you. I got to take you. Uh, yeah, I love all, I'm very my my parents introduced us to sushi at like a really young age, so I'm pretty adventurous when it comes to. Oh, what's
0: yes. the weirdest thing you've ever
1: eaten? Ooh. Oh, I ate fish eye one time. A fish eye, but that
0: isn't that lucky.
1: Yeah, that's so weird. But, uh,
0: that
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is lucky. It's like I, it's like an honor to, to get the eye. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's so weird. It that is. Tastes nasty
1: though. It, I just I did it because I didn't want to offend anyone, but oh. it was it was an experience for sure. Um, what's your favorite childhood memory? Ooh, favorite mm-hmm. childhood memory. Okay, um, well, going back to what I said in my, when I was talking about, like, driving around with my dad, um, my best friend Alexis and I were in the car one time. We were driving through San Francisco, and California Love came on by Tupac, and we were singing it, and my dad, like, we were, like, all, like, singing it and, like, screaming out the window, and I was probably, like, 12. That's your favorite childhood memory? Yeah, like, oh. yeah, just because it's, like, I don't know, I was like with my best friend who I'm still best friends with today, and it was in San Francisco, and it was like this beautiful day, and we were just like literally cruising around in my dad's car, just like wrapping this up. It was like, yeah, I don't know, I always think about that, I'm like, what's the worst childhood ever?
0: <laughs> Probably? I have too many.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I was super bullied in school.
0: Oh, really? Which is
1: why I think that, like, LA kind of became my sanctuary, like, I was definitely like an internet kid growing up, like, I had a lot of MySpace friends, and like, then it became Tumblr, and so... You know, that's how you kinda of turn things into a positive. It's like even if you don't relate to people that you're in I school realize with. You
0: were a bully school.
1: Yeah. But you know what? It's one of those things like you can either you can harbor resentment or you can just go, you know what? There you know, growing up I think a lot of kids didn't understand a what like my dad did. It was like confusing, right? Like and also like why I wasn't like going because I was doing theater and like music so intensively Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to like a lot of parties or I wasn't like able to do a lot of like extracurriculars because I was so focused and so you automatically become weird because people don't understand it now I'm so grateful for that because I
0: know now you're here I'm set
1: up yeah exactly Do people
0: try to reach out to you like the people that bullied you all the time
1: really (laughs) it's so weird actually like if I'm at shows and people who are so viciously mean to me come up to me, and they'll be like, Take a picture with my like BFF from high school. And I'm just are, like, you a- <laughs> are you? You
0: know what? Sorry, like, that's actually happening to me now. Yeah. Which is just so weird to say. It's like, You were so mean to me. Right. And now all
1: of a sudden, you just right. want to. Uh, yeah, now you want to be nice. You know. now
0: you want to hop on the Gina train. What, like. The like, Gina <laughs> train.
1: I, I hear it's fun. No. <laughs> but you know what? It's just, again, it's like. You know, for a long time I was like really mad about it, I was really angry, and I, you know, we also have to let that go, and you know, people grow up, everyone grows up, everyone changes, and maybe someone's perspective at that time was really narrow, so I try to have an open mind, because there's also been people who like weren't that nice to me, I run into, and I'm like, okay, you grow up, like you get it now, or something happens, and there was a reason, so, but yeah, definitely, I mean, I I ate a lot of lunches, like in a bathroom stall, like a lot. (laughs) I know, isn't that sad? It's cool. <laughs> I <don't>, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, this got really dark right yeah, now. This one got really sad. Yeah. Okay, next question. Next question.
0: Biggest lesson you learned in this industry
1: Um don't give lessons. Yeah. Don't give people reason to doubt you. Um I think mm. just again your work speaks for itself and your actions, whether like caught like on camera off camera, like that reflects who you are and who you surround yourself with. You know, I, I'm i very lucky. I have an incredible group of friends Yay! and my family, obviously, and so as long as you keep the, those people close to you and grounded, then it'll be fine.
0: Oh, what are some, I forgot to ask, what yeah. are some challenges that you faced personally or
1: out in the music industry in general? Um, I think, you know, anyone, everyone's their own worst critic. And so I think for me, it's, it was being able to let go of you know maybe you have a, a, a set that didn't go the best or maybe you wrote you know you're writing a song and it's just not coming together and i you know i still struggle with it today but it's like learning how to to let that go and breathe and just be like okay like that happened but what can we learn from it let's move on and and be productive because if you harbor and just sit in it like it's not it's not good
0: yeah if you could collab with anyone who would it be?
1: Ooh. In EDM or in general, it could
0: be anybody.
1: Well, okay, so in EDM, someone said Bath Children, and I was like, oh, okay. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. It's uh, Different. It's different. If I could have been with anyone in EDM, it would be Wax Motif, don't Abstract. Walkies, like oh my God! I almost walked into a cactus, you guys. <laughs> uh, what a sticky situation, pokey <laughs> situation. I hate myself. <laughs> um, no, like Wax Motif, Abstract, A <laughs> C Slater would be sick. Um, and then, in just the world in general, I'd love to tune with ooh, Halsey, would be really cool. I think she's phenomenal. I love ooh. Yeah, Halsey's great.
0: Oh my god, she's Halsey. so cool! Um, yes. And
1: she's a concept writer too, which is awesome. Um, I also love I'm an emo kid, so like AFI would be really cool, or like
0: Oh my god, uh, I haven't heard that. Or a Yellow name. Card oh my god girl, i haven't heard these i names. love a good
1: fiddle you know wow. yeah something cool like that okay. because that's what i grew up i grew up on emo music i'm still an emo kid so same same yeah you know, remember
0: in myspace when you had to like pick out the songs oh girl <laughs> girl
1: i lived for a good song
0: afi yellow card all of that was out dude there.
1: oh yeah i i got deep dude i had jeffree star's one of my songs at one point do you remember when jeffree star made music no did you know that yeah jeffree star made music at one point i didn't point. even what i know Dude, check I mean, it out it's still on Spotify oh. it's it's crazy
0: yeah I'm actually gonna look that
1: up you should he actually did I think one of like with Nicki Minaj like one of her first songs ever I don't know why I know this much about him and like I'm just gonna stop now wait what
0: yeah I you gotta look that. it up.
1: hmm
0: how did you get introduced to dubstep Your um
1: brother? my I brother know. but also too like just going out like I definitely any chance I could was always at shows and I think there's a big crossover between like rock and hardcore and metal with with dubstep you know what i mean it's kind mm-hmm. of like a similar vibe so really it was just like a lot of my i was really into like a lot of like electronic yeah. emo music and then i think that kind of transcended into to this this is wednesday on wednesday
0: on wednesday amazing i love it i, I love, love it up. but Perfect. yeah thank you guys if you like this video like subscribe comment it's so weird saying that
1: Like YouTube. and subscribe <laughs> my channel comment below <laughs> only nice comments please only nice um (laughs) um, but yeah that's it thanks guys guys. (laughs) thank you of course